fallout for UFC 201 coming right up on AfterBuzz TV. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Right? Just me and you. <laughs> you what nationality the, are you? Huh? What nationality are you? I'm half Mexican, half Colombian, born in America. You're Hispanic. Yep. All right, exactly. good. Finally. This is how I wanted it. Oh. Just kidding, folks. <laughs> Just kidding. We're, we're of course, uh, as, as you may know, if anybody watched last uh, uh, our after show, first you can no longer a part of our panel. Always going to be here in spirit, though. And uh, we are here to continue the legacy of the UFC After Buzz show. Of, of course. course. Uh, even though Jay Tan is not here, you know, obviously uh, he's been a staple in our after show. We are here to keep talking about UFC and not only us, but everybody out there, iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, all things MMA or UFC, because we all, at the end of the day, we all love this sport. We, yeah. we all, you know, watch it religiously and we're here to talk about it because we love talking about it. But as always, I'm not alone. What's up, guys? I'm Gabriel Gonzalez. You can find me on Twitter at Double G on TV. And I'm George Hermosa. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, PlayStation Network, etc., etc. G Hermosa, G H E R M O Z A. I gotta um, add you. We need to play some Call of Duty or something. I don't sometime. play Call of Duty. You know what? Wait, wait, wait hold on. Get I you play on UFC Two. Oh, okay. You know, it's, I'm still on the old one. Really? I need to. I need to get it. You know, I, I need mean, to go to Best Buy or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if anything, like it's really hard for me to like either uh, submit somebody. Or get out of submission. Like, that, once I get that down, I'm good. That's what I've heard, you know. I mean, the striking, it's very fluid. But, yeah, the video game is very interesting. Maybe By the way, I'd like to point out, you know, we're like the Dana White of the UFC After Buzz show, you know. it's a, There's new management, but we're <laughs> continuing on because we love the sport. Exactly, exactly. Maybe one of these days we'll have, like, a live show of us playing UFC 2. Just show how much I, everybody I suck I at that game. I think that would be great on like Periscope for us to do. Maybe. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, we are here covering UFC 201. Uh, it was just yesterday from Atlanta, Georgia. Not too often they're in Atlanta. I think it was their third time ever in Atlanta. Yeah. Their last time being UFC 145. So It's been you know, a while. Yeah, we're at UFC 201, so 66 pay-per-views ago. Yes. They're the, in Atlanta at the Phillips Arena. Also very brave. I mean, it's summer in Atlanta. So it's, it's hot Atlanta. So, hey, but here's the thing. It's extra hot over there. Oh, really? You know, so it's hotter than here because it's pretty hot today. It, okay, it was, but you got to think all the guys are like, "Hey, we're gonna have no trouble making weight this time." Yeah, maybe, <laughs> you know? maybe. Uh, but uh, yesterday, initially, it was a two championship uh, championship mat fights um, on, on yesterday's pay per view. But unfortunately, Demetrius Johnson did get hurt. He was scheduled to face Wilson Hayes, who is actually did did uh, he did fight. fight yesterday yes. and he did win uh, in the prelims. So uh, I know that he's probably going to want that next title shot, but I think they already announced that the winner of that Ultimate Fighter is going to get the next title shot between uh, yeah. Team Benavides and Team Cejudo. Yeah, so, so sure. th- the way they're setting it up uh, this coming season is they have uh, flyweight champions from across the United States and the globe. Some of them for smaller shows, like the Tai Chi Palace flyweight champion, I think mm-hmm. is Demacio Page. And when you think about it, you know, Ian McCall originally had that belt before he entered that little four-man tournament that included Demetrius and Joseph Benavides originally. So that's their format, and that's going to be the next challenger for Mighty Mouse. I, d- I did like, uh, there was a picture, there was like a promo picture of like the, the, the fighters in the house. Yeah. And it's super cool because everybody has a title belt. Yeah. I'm like, wow, it really adds like legitimacy, even though, yes, yeah, some of these pro- uh, organizations might not be in, in, as the radar as even a UFC or a Bellator or World yeah. Series of Fighting. But it's still a pretty cool picture to see, like, here are the best guys out of from their organization. Now let's see 
who's you know going to be the next guy. Maybe maybe even the future of the division. Who knows how long DJ has or if he's going to move up to to bantamweight anytime soon. But it should be uh, fun to watch. Definitely. And what I like about that is that you know you you need to be able to sell that fight. Quite frankly, if they had just you know done a regular Ultimate Fighter, you drafted a two and one guy mm-hmm. just you know great personality for tv mm-hmm. you would not be like you know what is that what like do they hate the guy mm-hmm. feeding him the mighty mouse so yeah. i'm glad they do have that kind of format because a regular ultimate fighter you just wouldn't care about who won it you know because you know that guy would be destroyed by mighty mouse yeah should be fun to see should be fun to see but in the meantime we did have another championship fight that was scheduled and thankfully no injuries no you know the, the welterweight division is pretty they're pretty good as far as you know everybody being healthy they are. um you know even when gsp was you know dominating the division you didn't really see many like many of his challengers get hurt no it's so true. a lot of, a lot of good guys you know obviously training you know obviously we saw the whole fiasco with the light heavyweight division at ufc 200 yeah. um with that you know who knows when, when the next time that belt's going to be defended but now we had the welterweight division uh with the welterweight champion robbie lawler who has been on a complete tear for the last few years even coming home from strike force yeah um facing on the guy who has been waiting and waiting and waiting and tyrone woodley i think the last time he fought was maybe like what 15 16 months ago january 2015 against just kelvin gastelum he was scheduled to fight in october against johnny Johnny hendrix Hendrix, but that's when hendrix had that issue like the day of Mm -hmm. He couldn't weigh in. So Woodley's been out for, I think they said 15 months, 18 months. Just about. And especially yeah. with the way Hendricks has been fighting, it, it's hard to argue that Woodley probably would have lost that. I mean, he obviously yeah. has been looking good in his last few fights. Um, I think even, you know, going back to his fight with Condit, I, before Condit got hurt, I thought he was looking good. And I'm a big Condit fan. I remember watching that fight. I'm like, dude, I think Condit's going to lose this one. That's what I thought, too. You know, Woodley, I mean, obviously you don't, who knows, especially with a guy as durable as Condit, but definitely Woodley was already winning that fight early on before Condit had that injury. So you got to think he looks sharp. And also he talked about it with Dominic Cruz on the Mm -hmm. Fox Sports 1 after show, ring rust. I mean, he looked like he'd been in shape. He looked like he'd been training, Mm -hmm. but his timing was just on. Obviously, we saw how it played out, but just... uh, he looked in shape. He didn't look like he was suffering any ring rust out mm-hmm. there, even though it was just a first-round fight. And the big the big storyline for this fight was these two guys, both American top team guys, you know, uh, uh, they would both wouldn't exactly say that they were teammates. Just maybe it's a big gym. Yes. Obviously, like not everybody is best friends with each other in that gym, but, you know, they've sparred together, they've trained together, they've grappled together. So definitely no strangers to each other. It was definitely wasn't yeah. their first time seeing what each other has got, seeing, yeah. you know, feeling each other out. So that was a big, like, is, is Robbie going to have the advantage? Is Woodley going to have the advantage? As we clearly saw, and, and especially with how long that, that fight lasted, clearly it, it was Tyrone Woodley. Now, my question for you is, sure. uh, how? Like you know, like what do you th- what do you think happened? Did, did Lawler show up? Did he did he not show up? A lot of people were talking about his walkout was a little bit different. Like, what did you see initially when you saw Robbie Lawler? You know, come out before the actual fight started. You know what? I didn't. I mean, the walkout is so deceiving. You know, mm-hmm. some guys like I agree. Every now and then they jog out, where usually they're so calm yeah. and chill. They're like going to meditate. So I didn't put as much into that. He didn't look necessarily worried i'll tell you for example the second time anderson silva fought chris weidman Mm -hmm. that was the one walkout where i honestly thought i don't think this guy mentally he's prepared to go in there Mm -hmm. physically yeah i'm sure he did the training but mentally he looked nervous 
Lawler, I didn't really see that, you know, when he walked out. Yeah, so his pacing might have been different, but I think he was about as good as he was going to get going into that fight. A question that I heard brought up was, you know, Lawler, we all know he's, you know, he puts on a barn burner. He's Mm. been, I mean, going back to the Hendricks fights, I mean, you know, he went five rounds with Hendricks, five rounds Matt Brown, another fight with Hendricks, obviously McDonald, Condit. Has, you know, even though he hasn't lost any of those fights, has that chin just the button been worn out and Woodley found it? And then we almost can't know because Woodley, even though sometimes he does seem a little, you know, stale out there. yeah. Yeah, we do know he does have that one shot power at times. So it's hard to determine whether it was Lawler's chin, Woodley's power. But we do know this. Lawler is about as durable as it's going to get. That shot did land on the mark. There's no question about as, it. As great as Tyrone Woodley is, it's kind of hard to get, to get that visual of Nate Marquardt just destroying him with that uppercut back in Strike Force. Uh, and obviously coming in, you know, he's lost to Roy McDonald and Jake Shields, but you know, he, he beat Josh Kochek, who, in my opinion, was kind of at the tail end of his peak, I guess you can say, maybe even past his peak. Um, obviously, his his victorious win over Kevin Gaslam, which was a split decision. So a lot of people probably thought Gaslam won that fight, but again. Woodley, Woodley is, you know, proven that he can show up. You know, obviously his his fight with Hendricks, you know, that's not his fault. But uh, and, and in my opinion, I've been saying this for a while that Lawler, while he's thirty four years old of age, like the guy's got thirty nine fights. I mean, oh, yeah. and, and not only just thirty nine fights, but like majority of those fights just like, man, like takes. I don't want to say takes years off your life, but man, like. It, it just it, you do not have a long career, especially after like that, that fight with Roy McDonald and oh, Condit yeah. as well, and Hendrick. I mean, all those fights. <laughs> so, were. so while while as great as as Robbie Lawler is, like at some point it's going to catch up to him. No, Again, definitely. He's thirty four years old. He's still relatively young in, in life in general, but in the fight game, not just in the fight game. We can be there are a lot of young thirty four year olds in the fight game, but with being thirty four and the amount of fights that he has and the experience, at some point. It was going to catch up to him. And, and I did kind of think it was a little weird just how patient he was. Because I think it's okay to be patient, but I think Lawler was just too patient. You know what? Remember that he's been a bit of a slow starter mm-hmm. more recently. Obviously, early in his career, you alluded to it. I mean, the guy, he debuted in the UFC when he was 19, 20. Just about, I yeah. think at the time, you know, they've had guys younger now debut. Mm-hmm. But at the time, he was the youngest guy ever in the UFC. He's obviously had a long career, gone a lot of places. But in the... Condit fight and in the McDonald fight, he did have a bit of a slower start. He mm-hmm. didn't just go out there trying to bulldoze them in the first round. So honestly, even though Woodley, yeah, he had him up against the clinch. He was controlling the center of the octagon. That's kind of par for the course for a Robbie Lawler fight lately. He's more of a round four, round five. Yeah, you like. know he's going to turn it on. He gets hit a few times. He kind of tends to turn it up, you know, increase his level. And we see a typical fight out of him. So, I don't know, but it's hard to read just because it did end so quickly. Uh When you think about it, it does seem pretty par for the course. Now, obviously, his next fight is going to determine a lot of exactly where he's at physically. Is his chin a little worn out? Is he just maybe, you know, he's taken a lot of damage in his career. You know, he's been very lucky that for as many battles as he's been in, he hasn't pulled out of a fight either. Exactly. His health has been good. Again, that welterweight division is pretty good as far as, you know, Hendricks, yeah. obviously, in the heavyweight division, we see a lot, especially with Kane Velasquez. And, oh, yeah. You know, people pulling out. Um, but with that said, 
I mean, obviously, the, the most natural, obviously, you know, conversation to have a lot of these times is what's next for each guy. Yeah. I, I heard a little bit of rumbling of immediate rematch. I think Chael Sonnen might have said that. I, I disagree with that. I think it... I mean, even though Lawler has done his due for that division and obviously had eyeballs on on that division, uh, I don't know. It just to me, it just didn't scream out an immediate rematch. It didn't to me either. I think that if there was a guy who was maybe less, if they didn't have a really, really good marketable fight, a marquee contender, then maybe you could say, you know what, we gotta have that rematch. The thing at one seventy, I mean. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has been knocking on the door for a while now. He really cemented his place as the number one contender with his win over War- ah, Rory, Rory McDonald. Mm-hmm. And did you see the Fox Sports 1 after show, the interview? Yeah. Yes. So I thought that was very interesting because you know what? It, so they mentioned it. Woodley said he wants a money fight like Nick Diaz, you know, before he gives Stephen Thompson a shot. Mm-hmm. And Diaz's suspension is up on Monday. You know, he'd be eligible to fight. Would they fight at 202, a Diaz and Diaz card? I really doubt that. But it does raise a big question. We've heard rumblings. GSP may be coming back. Let's throw Nick Diaz out there. Mm -hmm. Who would be next for Tyron Woodley? And also, yeah, to your point, I don't think the Lala rematch is the biggest money fight you could make if you're Tyron Woodley. Or even in that division. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Obviously, if anybody knows, I'm, I'm a huge Wonder Boy fan, Wonder Boy supporter. I've been tweeting him to be on the show at some point, um, <laughs> and, you know, hopefully sometime soon. Um, I but, mean, you're in L.A., Stephen. I know you didn't get a tra- uh, plane <laughs> back home that quick. <laughs> I, I did like that little comment that, that kind of Tyrone Willie made. I'm like, hey, well, you thought you were going to end up fighting Robert Lawler, so there's your next fight. <laughs> I, I was like, as much as, as much as I love Wonder Boy, I'm like, all right. He got you, Woodley. Or he yeah. got you, he got you, Wonder Boy. Um, but the Nick Diaz thing is intriguing because here's a guy who hasn't won a fight in pro- near, nearly five years. Uh, and not only did he not, I mean, it's not like he hasn't fought. He's had three fights. Um, obviously, losing to, 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 who did he lose to? Yeah, Anderson, GSP, technically. But uh, yeah, Anderson GSP, and Condit. Because oh, he, he beat, he beat BJ Penn. No, no, he lost to Condit. You're right. You're he right. lost to Condit because then they did GSP. the interim. And then he lost to Andrew Silva. So, well, I mean, obviously Nick Diaz is Nick Diaz, but at some point you got to, you know, it's still a sport. At some point you can't just give this guy a title shot. It's true. I think Lawler, no, sorry, not Lawler, Woodley was thinking, you know what, money science. This guy's Okay, as in shape as you might assume Nick Diaz to be, like you said, he hasn't won a fight in a while. Also, stylistically, Woodley, he can take him down, fight him. We know Diaz, for as good as he is at jiu-jitsu, really struggles with wrestlers. Uh-huh. Also, even in the stand-up, he does not take it to the ground that often, even when he's losing. We saw that in the Condit fight. He was destroying Condit when he got it to the ground. But he w- went through four and a half rounds of losing on the stand-up and never once seemed to go for a clinch or a takedown. Uh-huh. So I think Woodley is seeing easy fight, easy money, big payday. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he clearly said he wanted the payday. Um, yeah. I mean, personally, I think Wonder Boy is a, getting to a big enough name. And, and I don't know, I, I just, when I see Woodley and, you know, he, he's great. He, he's an excellent analyst on UFC on Fox. But I don't know, just he doesn't see, seem to me as a guy like, oh, well, yeah, let's give him a big money fight. Like, not to say he doesn't deserve it, because obviously he is the champion. But, like, I don't know, I just don't think at this point he's, he's ready to make demands. He doesn't have, like, that squeakly clean record or, or showing that he can be a proven draw like a Conor McGregor or even like a Ronda Rousey has. It's like, you know, kind of you know, sh- show your worth. 
I hear. As far as champions go, he hasn't shown to be necessarily a killer for yeah. so many fights, like Lawler, like a lot of the other guys and girls mm-hmm. you've mentioned. So I get that. And also, when you think Lawler, he was in the perfect spot to be promoted. I mean, he was running through a lot of the top guys in the division. We all thought, hey, if he gets past Woodley, obviously money fights with Wonderboy, mm-hmm. GSP, whoever, are going to come up next. Woodley... I mean, he hasn't even fought the last guy to hold the belt before Lawler and Johnny Hendricks. Besides Robbie Lawler, really, you know, hasn't fought another top five guy. Mm-hmm. So I definitely see your argument. That said, I mean, you hold the belt, you kind of get to make demands. I do think that Woodley does end up in the end fighting Wonderboy Thompson. Mm-hmm. Only if GSP doesn't, you know, somehow... Shake up everything and announce a comeback. See, I think with GSP and he, that like, and contrary to what Woodley is, he's a guy who has proven himself. Here's a guy who was one of the biggest straws and, and definitely, you know, showing his champion. Even though it, probably GSP is one of my best uh, uh, favorite fighters of all time, I'll be the first to say he totally lost that fight to Hendricks. When I, I remember like it was yesterday, I was watching the fight and I was, you know, I was one place and then the fight ended. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go to the next place, you know. I mean, Hendricks won, whatever. Or I'm sorry, yeah, yeah Hendricks won, whatever, you know. And I get to the next place, you know, not checking my phone because I think it died. And then I hear, like, wait, what? Like, what? How the hell? <laughs> and I love JSP. I'm like, how the hell did he win? He totally did I not win that fight. I thought they were going to announce that it was for Hendricks, too. When you watch it back and you honestly think about the rules, you take a step back. You know what? He did win that first round barely. You know, he lost the battle. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was a street fight, he lost the battle. But in the, you know, unified rules of MMA, GSP did win three of five rounds against Hendricks. Yeah. And yeah, that one was another one we all thought, well, they've got to have the rematch. Well, but obviously and, with GSP, I guess, retiring. Yes. But obviously there's been a lot of rumblings. And again, it sucks for Wonderboy. And again, I'm a big Wonderboy fan. But I mean, it's GSP for goodness sakes. And yes. especially with the draw of him being back for the first time in around three years. I mean, yeah, you, you got to do the Woodley GSP. Timing is really great if GSP wants to... Madison Yep, New York. Yeah. And he's also trained out there with um, the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. I know, what is it? His coach, John Danaher. Mm-hmm. He, he runs the school out there. GSP is very big in New York, too. Yeah, it should Just be the same way he has big fights always when they've had it in Jersey. It's almost three months away, and you got to think some of these some of these uh, fights is going to start getting announced for. Uh, is it UFC two hundred five or two hundred six? I believe it's two hundred five. Two hundred five, and you got to think: is this card going to be just as big, or maybe even bigger than UFC two hundred, where every single fight could have been at some point a main event throughout, you know, some pay per view or some Fox I, card or whatever. I think they're really waiting to see who comes out healthy after this big summer that we've had. Mm. You got to think, John. Jones was a lock being from New York if mm-hmm. he had, you know, been Daniel Cormier to maybe fight uh, Anthony Johnson on mm-hmm. that card. So you don't know. Chris Weidman is a guy you think they're probably going to try to push there, but mm-hmm. they haven't announced anything. Even because um, we have to talk about a co-main event, Dana White did not, you know, say, hey, even Yonayo and Jacek, whoever she chooses to fight, headlining the card. So really, it's a big mystery Timing-wise, who could it be that they're going to put as the top billing in Madison Square Garden for the first time? With the exception of the the heavyweight championship, um, pretty much every single title is pretty much you know can can be defended at that at that card. It's true because I mean obviously with the UFC 200, 203, it's going to be Miocic against Overeem, and then after that it's like well. You know, you can put any single championship. And yeah. I think, it's, especially with yesterday, with Woodley only being in the cage for about a minute, you know. He, oh, yeah, he can, he's he ready can, to fight again. Yeah, he even said it. He wants to fight uh, Nick Diaz in three weeks. So, 
He looks pretty healthy to me. I mean, he looks like he could. Yeah, but you mentioned that that Komen event, and this was another fight that I was looking forward to um, in, in many, many ways. Obviously, Rose Namajunas, a lot of people remember her from UFC Fighter uh, Ultimate, Ultimate Fighter, Fighter 220. Uh, you know, she definitely, you know, impressed a lot of people. She had a, a, a cool, if you, if you go back to her highlights, she has a couple cool submissions, obviously. Very excited to watch. But I again, there's Karolina, now Kovalkiewicz. Kovalkiewicz, Kovalkiewicz. Yes. Um, who I think I mentioned the last time she fought. Very interesting uh, pre-fight stance. And when I mean that, I mean like when they're announcing her name, she's just, you know, the camera just leaning back. You know, I think she's got the flag behind her, just leaning back, smiling. Just chilling. You know, and you know, obviously you see other people, you know, they're, they're bouncing up and down, got that mean mugging face, you know, you know, throwing a few, a few, uh, you know, shadow box and whatever. But you see Carolina just, hey. You know, it, she reminds me, uh, I got to go back, you know, obviously nowhere near the same level in their careers, but a little bit of Anderson Silva, uh-huh. you know, always so quiet when he walked out to the cage. All he did was just kind of glide back, touch the fence, uh-huh. and then you just knew something was going to happen. I loved watching Carolina's uh, pre-fight because I think, you know, I think it got a little bit in Rose's head for as durable as she is. By the way, man, uh, what I love about that fight and it delivered... They fought like the other one stole their lunch money. Yeah. They absolutely brought it. I'm so glad they got the fight of the night. You know, it was very, very fun to watch. I agree. I agree. Now, split decision. Did you um, agree with the judges' scores? Um, I mean, I agreed with the ones that picked uh, Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I definitely had, I think I had her at uh, maybe three to zero. I think that round I think so. one, I think a lot of people scored it for Rose, but I scored it for Carolina. I thought she, she did a lot more. I thought, actually thought Rose, the, her first round was the best one. You know, she definitely was using a lot of great footwork, getting in mm-hmm. and out. She was doing a lot of great pick and pop, especially with the overhand right. When Carolina did get that semi-takedown, Rose reversed it and had top position for mm-hmm. a while. So I thought, you know what? Carolina didn't get destroyed, but definitely good round for Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, the clinch, uh, I, okay, it's my third one. I'm not going to use it anymore, but still, it's like when Anderson Silva surprised Rich Franklin mm-hmm. with how powerful he was the in the time. clinch with the knees. Yeah. You could tell Rose was expecting a good striker, maybe even some grappling. She was not expecting the kind of power Carolina generated in those knees. They absolutely just visibly took away her energy every time they got into an exchange. And as the fight wore on, Rose's footwork, she wasn't moving as well she seemed to maybe throw those shots more in desperation rather than with strategic purpose and carolina just she understood what was going to win her that fight you Mm -hmm. know get inside get in the clinch she had to take some shots but in the end you know also great conditioning we know rose when she's not dominating you know even in a five-rounder like she did with Paige. We know that Rose's conditioning has been suspect in the past. Yeah, looking at the rankings now, obviously we just came off a uh, young check against Gedalia. Um, Carla Sparza, I think, just just won not too long ago. She did. Uh, obviously, Tisha Torres, number four, just lost to Nama Junis a few months ago. Carolina, obviously, was number five. You know, She still is technically today, but obviously tomorrow when they update the rankings, she'll probably be even maybe number two or number three. I, I think for me, it is the most natural matchup to make for the next uh, title challenger for Ioana. Um, I know... Probably two. I know anything can be on two hundred five, but I mean, considering they're both from Poland, I mean, you got you got a headline that a Poland card with those two girls. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, I guess you know when it comes down to it, I mean, is Carolina gonna get the 
supported the crowd. I mean, she's not going to get booed, but, you know, they're going to kind of give her almost the polite clap. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to go crazy for Joanna, I feel like, just off, uh, you know, tenure and visibility. But I agree. I think a big Polish card, even Dana White said, look, it's not that they couldn't headline Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. It's just I'd way rather have that card in Poland. Yeah, for I mean, money. especially like, I mean, not everything has to be, you know, a Poland per- fighter against a, a f- another country's fighter. I mean, yeah. even on UFC 188, we saw Vitor Belfort against Jacques Ray in yeah. Brazil, and they're both from Brazil. Yeah. So, I mean, why not? And especially with this hatch- whole natural matchup. And kudos to Joanna. I guess uh, Dana White said in his interview, post uh on the on the post fight uh show yes. that i guess joanna helped carolina get that ufc contract she was like i want you know some of the best not only you know from poland but just some of the best fighters but she happens to be from poland and i want her in the ufc just so i can show everybody how good i am too you know and it's she true. thinks that carolina would probably bring the best out of her i mean i, I think it's a be a fun fight to to, to to watch i agree and i think that like you said if it's not carolina no one else really makes sense uh-huh. at this point. I mean, Tisha Torres is coming off a loss to the girl that, you it's know, just, Carolina now just beat. Yeah. Um, Carla Sparza, we've seen that one already. Especially, but, but considering yeah. how much she got destroyed by Joanna the last time exactly. they fought, it's just, like, I don't think, she, I think she's still got a lot of work to do to, to yeah. match up with her. I would have thought, you know, I would have liked maybe Tisha Torres. Hopefully she gets another fight in the interim. Yeah. I think she could Paige have been Vance a wild card. fighting in a few weeks, so we'll see yes. how she does after she cur- she lost her last fight. We'll see uh, yeah. if the Dancing with the Stars kind of helped her in any way. That's the biggest thing. I think... Okay, short term, her popularity has gone even higher than it was before. Mm-hmm. But she has to win her next fight in order to show that, hey, fighting is still your thing. You know, mm-hmm. Dancing with the Stars, look, I'm not never going to knock a fighter for doing what they need to to yeah. stand out. Especially when they kind of have to be very uniform. Mm-hmm. But Paige really does need another win to show the world, hey, she is serious about the thing that made her famous. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. And then the next fight, another welterweight clash and. I guess this was a kind of a must win for both guys. Yeah. Jake Ellenberger and Matt Brown. Uh, obviously both guys, or especially Ellenberger, kind of not not ha- not have had the best track record in the last few years. Last I mean, here's a guy who, who looked good when he first kind of broke out in the UFC beating Jake Shields, uh, but kind of went really nowhere with that. A lot of people, and this was when GSP was still champion, a lot of people were pitting Ellenberger as maybe a guy to dethrone GSP. Yeah. And obviously with a guy who's maybe lost his last few, obviously losing a Wonderboy, Gaslam, Lawler, McDonald, Safety, and like you said, loss of five of the last six. I mean, yeah. must win for this guy. I don't know if he's in the last fight of his contract. A lot of people were saying that it might be his last fight in the UFC. I thought that, okay, what I'd heard is that, you know, he was technically supposed to be cut, but he made that call to Dana White saying, you know what? Give me one more fight. I can do this. I can deliver. And so, you know, they said, all right, we'll give you a fight. They give him Matt Brown. And, yeah, with his back against the wall, he got, I mean, he had a perfect fight. I don't really think, you know, for that kind of, what was it over, in under a minute? Uh, a little over a minute. But yeah, you know, you can't have a much better performance than that. I agree. He started off really strong, too, with that overhood, overhand right. Yeah, what I find most surprising is that Matt Brown was the one to really take the center of the cage. It looked like he was going to pressure him. Mm-hmm. Ellenberger countered. Also, the body kick that dropped Matt Brown. A lot of the cage side uh, viewers have said that, A, you could hear that one. 
And, you know, this is some of the writers who have seen a lot of the fights live said that might be one of the loudest body kicks I've ever heard in person. And we all know Matt Brown, you know, he's almost like Robbie Lawler in a way, too. you got to pretty much take him out with a baseball bat. Mm. So you know that Ellenberger hit him with a great shot in order to stop him in the first. I know. I heard of some more rumblings on Twitter, like, oh, Ellenberger's back. I want to go that far. I mean, obviously, he's now he's won two of his last seven. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't exactly say he's back. I mean, definitely remotivated, as you said. You know, it turned out that he got cut before UFC 201, and yeah. who knows where his career would have gone from there. But here's a guy that beat a very... You know, even though Matt Brown, you know, last uh, lost Some against Damian Maia, still pretty, a, a, big, a tough guy. Matt Brown is no joke. Probably the, the only guy to actually beat Wonder Boy. Yeah, and obviously, you know, obviously Wonder Boy probably uh, getting a little bit better since then. But I don't know, we'll, I'm kind of excited for Ellenberger. I know, like I said, you, you never know what this re-motivation can, can do for somebody. No, definitely. Like, like Robbie Lawler, who, who I'm sure a lot of people thought that he was down and out, even in the Oh, yeah, they thought he, there's no way this guy's going to come back and destroy everyone in the UFC. So I think, you know, definitely let's wait and see. Jake Ellenberger, he does need to have a few good style matchups in order to kind of really bounce back. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't want to put him in there with a grappler because that, I mean, that's just going to send things, I think, back downhill. But for right now, definitely big win for Ellenberger. And he's... I guarantee, my, I'm putting on my thinking cap, my, the, you know, my spidey senses are tingling. Okay, Nostradamus. I guarantee Jake Ellenberger is going to fight the winner of CM Punk versus Mickey Gall. Oh, let's just say it. Ellenberger's going to fight Mickey Gall. I thought, wait, I thought that, um... Mickey Gall, was, I thought that was at 185. Oh, it's a uh, 170. It's a 170? Yeah. Oh, then yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but I still don't even see... I think Ellenberger will fight Mickey Gall before CM Punk does. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I do think that that man just is not going to make it to his walk to the cage. I'm I sorry. I mean, it's, I mean, it's still, what, a month and a half away? I mean, I don't know either. That's I a mean, lot I, of time to pull your back, pull your knee, pull I mean, your elbow, break. As, as a big wrestling fan, I want to see the fight just for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Just uh, Here's the thing. It looks great when, uh, look, he's probably in shape. He mm -hmm. does his weightlifting. Yeah. I'm not going to knock that for CM Punk. But it's very different when you know that this trained guy mm -hmm. about to make a big payday, if he takes your head off, is going to come in swinging with punches that are hurt for real. Not saying that Punk... I mean, we've all seen Brock Lesnar, how long it took him to adjust to, getting, to taking a punch. So I think that's what we got to wait and see with CM Punk. Yeah, it should be fun to watch. UFC 203, which yes. uh, is kind of round out the card. Eric Perez defeating Francisco Rivera. That beginning of the round three was insane. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing. He should have waited till the last minute of that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm sure somewhere, somewhere uh, Max Holloway was fighting and or watching and be like, dude, that's my thing, dude. <laughs> I love Max it's Holloway. True, yeah. uh, that Ryan, was a good fight, though. Ryan Benoit beating Freddie Serrano to round out the, the main card. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you, you saw the Nikita Krylov versus Ed Herman, and Krylov was looking good. Yes. I mean... It, one or two fights, you're putting them in the same conversation as Alex Gustafsson, oh all those other guys, contender. Uh, Jorge Masvidal defeating Ross Pearson by a decision. Anthony Hamilton defeating Damian Grabowski in 14 seconds. That was pretty impressive. Uh, of course, as you mentioned, Wilson Hayes defeating Victor Sandoval by submission. Obviously, you know, he, he's looking for that next title shot, so we'll see when he's going to get it or yeah. if he's going to fight anytime soon. But, I mean, he's a guy who's been looking good, too. So, uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to be DJ. Don't get me wrong. I mean, but obviously he, he needs new contenders. I mean, someone's got to get in line, right? So Yeah, and then uh, on the fight pass card, Michael Graves versus uh, Bojan Velikovic. 
I just, Jay, I mean, it's probably Jay not, would be so proud I'm of you. Say, it, I'm sure it says Bojan Velikovic, but I bet it's like Shashovsky or something, you know? <laughs> I don't you know how it is with some of these guys. But Damian Brown defeating, oh, that was by a, draw, a majority draw, by the way. And Damian Brown defeating Cesar Arzamendia. I'm going to get you a Rosetta Stone before our next show. I don't know. We'll work we'll, on it. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. Obviously, we haven't been here in a few weeks since I believe yes. UFC 200. 200. A lot's happened since then. Big talk. Brock Lesnar. I mean, when you first saw that, when you first heard that story, what were your thoughts? To be honest, I was disappointed were in myself. Were you surprised? Yes, but here's the thing. I wasn't surprised that he passed the test. I was surprised that I let myself believe he passed the test. <laughs> or I, I wasn't surprised that he failed. I was surprised that I believed he passed. I, I, I'm a big... I like, I like Dana White, and don't get me wrong, and we'll talk about the UFC cell in a minute. But I don't know. The thing I hate most about Dana White is that he gets so, like... I don't want to say defensive, but, like... He he's so like insulting, and I get it. Twitter, the, the people on Twitter, they can be the complete biggest douchebags in the world. Don't get me wrong, but I think like he tweeted, somebody tweeted Dana White, like, oh well, obviously he's on steroids, and it's like, no, he's been tested like eight times. You, you freaking idiot, you dummy, you know. And you just you can just tell the way Dana White says it too, just by yes. knowing his voice. And then it comes out like, oh, by the way, Brock Lesnar tested for a, a couple positive uh, st- or USADA. And now it's like, where's the apology, Dana White? Like, you're sitting there insulting everybody's intelligence or talking down to them. Now it's like, well, what now? It's true. And I think, you know, it was a big sleight of hand worthy of Vegas that you think a guy 39 years old looks like that naturally. But then, you know, when you honestly think about it, it makes perfect sense. And also, you know, Brock Lesnar, he was... I mean, he's still under contract with WWE. Mm-hmm. He was never going to come right back to the UFC. Yeah. You could start his suspension now. He finishes out his pro wrestling contract. Oh, look, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, but another thing noteworthy to mention about that is Mark Hunt is to be pissed. Or I'm sorry, for me to say that he's pissed is an understatement. I mean, he is like just like done with it. I mean, and he, I, I do you agree with everything that Mark Hunt says. I think he's got a point. Oh, no, definitely. I think it has a point. I, I, I hope I see him fight again, and hopefully in the UFC, because obviously I want to see him in a bigger scale. Who is he going to fight? Who knows? But uh, I don't know. Like I, I, I think he's right. I think he, he should get a good amount of Brock Lesnar's purse, or not even that, maybe just for them. Because obviously, like his big thing is, dude, you, you, pre- you pretty much put me in not only with Brock Lesnar, but a roided up Brock Lesnar. Are you trying yeah. to kill me? You know what? Look, uh there's certain rules with the athletic commission, you know. Okay, you miss weight, you give them twenty percent of your purse. For something like that, they lose their win bonus. There's a lot of other, you know, clauses involved that I can't call on the top of my head. If Mark Hunt, look, the UFC on UFC 200 did right by the women, saying, "Hey, respect MMA, respect the level of these two women. We're making them the main event." You're telling me now that you're going to stand by those values, but you're not going to necessarily compensate this guy who had to fight a roided-up opponent. Mind you, that guy made $2.5 million. Mark Hunt, I don't know his purse, but I know it wasn't anywhere near that. I think Mark Hunt does deserve to be well compensated by the UFC. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be Dana White. It could be the new owners for all I care, but you need to have a public apology. There, need to be, there needs to be a precedent. Because for a guy to have that happen to him and the UFC, which stood on these values, and now suddenly you're letting that kind of fight happen and still giving that opponent his two and a half million, no win bonus, just a flat two and a half million, there's just something wrong with that, you know, as a company. Mark Hunt, if he says, I didn't get my compensation from the UFC, I got a split, I can't even blame him. I want to see him fight UFC. I wanted to see him fight those guys. 
But I wouldn't blame them when you know that they're going to screw you over like that. So I really hope that UFC does right in this situation. I think there were a lot of things wrong with that situation. And, and obviously one of the biggest things that I thought was wrong was the fact that, according to Mark Hunt, UFC did not even contact him. It was like, hey, you know, Mark Hunt was all out there saying anything and everything and, like, nothing. But, again, we're going to see now. We're going to talk about the sale. Uh, what If anything's going to change. Obviously, Dana White is still going to be there. He's going to be, like, the, I guess you can say, top executive, not the owner. I don't think he's going to have any. No, I think he still has a minority. minority uh, I think that somehow they, that he does stay on. Mm-hmm. And he does. Part of his contract, look, as long as UFC is making money, Dana White is still making his cut. Yeah. You know, not just his flat, you know, paycheck that they mm-hmm. gave him. But I do think that the owners, you know, they understand that Dana White is the one who knows everything about production, not just inside the cage you know event day all the tv shows that they do internationally they need dana white to kind of bridge this gap to understand what exactly are all the pieces we have working with they said you know dana white has a five-year contract let's see where they're at in a year year and a half and we'll see maybe hey dana white's future with the ufc it's probably going to depend on if dana is going along with the changes they want to make as a company to the ufc He's still the guy who knows the most about, you know, the organization. But it's going to be, does Dana White roll with the new direction? Or does he maybe just part ways after making sure that this thing is all right for the future, at least in the eyes of the new owner? Yeah, it should be fun to to keep an eye out. We're going to be back in a few weeks, so I'm sure there are going to be a lot of new development, not just in that uh, aspect of the game, but I'm sure maybe people uh, getting pulled out of fights. Maybe we're going to see some cards finally being announced for UFC 205 or some fights being announced for UFC 205. We're going to be back for UFC 202. Uh, obviously, the big one, Conor McGregor versus Nick, Nate Diaz. And before we uh, say goodbye for, for the day, I want to know about predictions. Predictions? After Buzz predictions. Oh, okay. There we go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, After Buzz TV predictions. Conor McGregor and Diaz? Well, a couple of the fights. Because, I mean, here, here's a card where the main card, to me, it's stacked. It's still stacked. Um, obviously, Cordy Garbrandt coming off a very much impressive um, victory over uh, Ricardo or Thomas Almeida yeah. um, facing Takeya Mizugaki. Um, I'm sure we both probably can say Garbrandt's going to win that fight. Uh, yeah, I okay. agree with that. Mizugaki, he's been in a rough stretch, and I think Garbrandt is that... Perfect bland explosiveness, you know, he's hitting his stride. I think that he overpowers Mizugaki. Mm-hmm. And we got Donald Cerrone in his third straight fight at welterweight against Rick Story. I actually got Cerrone also. I got Cerrone too. Man, I love Cerrone. Here's a guy who I think gets the shaft. Um, you have somebody like Dana White saying, oh, of course they'll give Conor McGregor anything he wants. He's bailed it out. No, Cerrone's the guy who you should probably be rewarding the most. He's a guy yeah. who's down to fight anytime, any place. Not definitely. And I... The thing about Rick's story, though, he is, uh, more than Patrick Cote, a solid, durable, 170-pound guy. Yeah. Cote, you know, he's kind of been a bit of a one-trick pony. You mm-hmm. know, he's got his big right hand. Rick's story has more tools, so that would be a very big step on the ladder. For I agree, I agree. In the light heavyweight division, we have Anthony Rimmel Johnson against Glover Teixeira. That should be a fun fight to watch. I already got my pick. Who's your pick? Rumble. Man, we're just going to agree with everything. I'm, I'm kind of uh, curious about the next one. Okay. Uh, first, we got the main event. Personally, I still don't care about this fight much. You know, I mean, I, I think that I, I don't think that Conor McGregor should fight Nate Diaz, or I think he should defend the belt. Uh, but I get it. You know, obviously he's the cash cow for the UFC, and I think the worst thing that can happen is him lose. But uh, who you got in this fight? You know what? To add to that, it doesn't make sense at all. But let's be honest, it's 
penciled in. Let's enjoy the show. I yeah, hope right. they have great trash talk, but let's have a fun fight. Get it out of the way. Get back to 145. But who wins? Conor McGregor loses. Oh, man. I was going to say Nate Diaz as well. You know what? Here's the thing. Nate Diaz, not a natural 170-pounder, but the fact is... Preparation. His conditioning is going to be great. He's mm-hmm. got time to prepare for Connor's uh, um, striking and his style. McGregor, as much as they say, hey, well, you know, he was just training movement. He thought he could walk in and beat Diaz. This is still a guy who has that much weight on you, height, reach. It's not like Nate Diaz is a slouch either. He's got mm-hmm. great boxing, great jiu-jitsu. I mean, I'd, look, prepared or not, I just don't see Connor walking out with that one. A lot of people, I mean, and I've said this many, many times, and a lot of people have said this too, because I've said it, is that sometimes a loss can be the greatest thing that ever happened to your career. So we're going to see if that loss, what that, what that does for Conor McGregor's career. I mean, here's the thing. Two losses in a row, The here's what would be the best thing that happens to Conor McGregor's career. He goes back to become the undisputed king of the 145-pound division and stay more? there. Because moving on up anywhere past lightweight at this point is not, I mean, it's letting ego get in the way. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see about But thank you, everybody. And if you guys were in the chat room, we were, you know, tuning in to you guys. Thank you, Joseph Boza. Thank you, A-N-S-S-O-M-1-A. I don't know his name. Juan Tutri, thank you so much for joining us in the chat. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you so much for watching us on YouTube. Uh, But before we're out, where can the people find you on the social media? Hey guys, you can find me on Twitter all the time. Talk UFC at Double G on TV. And I am George Hermosa. You can follow me on G Hermosa, Twitter, Instagram. Might open a YouTube page soon. Who knows? We'll see. I don't know. I'm all over the place. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Uh, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs>